Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, today's episode is an encore episode about why you should act your shoe size rather than your age. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle, with over a million downloads and counting. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I am so glad to be here with you again. The topic I want to coach you on today is why it's so important to really think about how you want to show up in life and how your mindset in general just may be more related to aging than you think. As I mentioned, it's an encore episode of a really fun episode number 92, originally recorded in the summer of 1999. I loved coming up with this idea. Actually, I was giddy thinking about it. I was so excited to record it. And I know you'll have a few aha moments. Plus, who doesn't love thinking about shoes? Since this episode came out, I've coached so much on the way that your sneaky thoughts about aging may really surprise you and take you off guard. It comes up all the time with my clients, so as usual, you are not alone. The other thing that comes up a lot is the need for more curiosity in midlife. I think you'll notice how relevant this perspective could be in your life, too, as we take a deep dive into this whole topic. As usual, we're going to have some fun with this and give you something new to think about. Sometimes all it takes is a new perspective or a unique example to help you with your own breakthrough thought that can really help you grow forward the way you want to. And that is exactly the kind of thing that will help you unstick yourself when you're really feeling blah, stagnant, and stuck. But just quick, before we dive into that, if you want to find out more about how to get unstuck and live your best life in the middle, head over to www.susierosenstein.com forward slash 10 questions and grab your free copy of my 10 insightful questions to reimagine your life after 50. Okay, so get ready to think a little differently about this pretty fun and silly idea of acting your shoe size instead of your age. Enjoy this encore episode. My amazing women in the middle, I have a news flash for you, not a hot flash, a newsflash. So here it is. Acting your age isn't what it's cracked up to be. This is exactly why I think that acting your shoe size is a much better idea. It's a great idea in midlife. So let's take a look at where this original saying comes from. Do you remember saying it? It was probably in a snarky finger wagging type of way. (laughs) So I consulted a website called the English Language and Usage Stack Exchange. It's a place where serious English language enthusiasts and professionals hang out. Apparently, it looked like a pretty cool website. So Google Books confirms a reference in 1967. An author named Barbara Schoen wrote a book called A Place and a Time. And here's the quote. Why don't you act your age, not your shoe size, said Paul. He made a disgusting face and ran out and slammed the door, end quote. So it's really criticism for acting childish. So stay with me here. Yes, I am definitely suggesting that you should act childish more often. Now notice I didn't say immature. I said childish or maybe more accurately, childlike, 
Think about it. If you acted your shoe size, how old would you be acting? I would be six and a half, maybe seven, because all shoes don't come in half sizes. <laughs> so I bet you would probably be about my shoe size too, my shoe size age. Maybe six to 10 years old, maybe six to 11, something like that. Now remember, age is a number, which means it's one of those neutral things in life that we assign a lot of meaning to, kind of like weight, kind of like how much you have in the bank. Now, the reason you know it's neutral is because if you had a group of people all looking at the number, let's look at the weight, maybe 150 pounds on a scale, everyone would have a different thought about it. To some, 150 would be the most they've ever weighed. To others, the least they've ever weighed. Maybe someone was finally able to get pregnant after years of trying. So that's even another meaning about weight gain. You get what I mean. Same with money. Let's look at uh, a bank statement. Let's imagine we're a group of people all looking at a bank statement for your retirement savings. You have $100,000. To some, that's amazing. To others, not so much. And to another person who just lost 100000 in the stock market and only has that much left, still something different. It's totally the same thing with age. I bet you've seen it too with some of your friends. Some people freak about turning 50. Others slide into it with a really beautiful, chill attitude. It's all your thoughts. Your thinking is what creates the freak about the age or the beautiful peace about the age, right? Those simple sentences in your mind are just so powerful. Now, the reason I bring this up, the whole neutral thing, is because it's super important with mindfulness work. Understanding what is factual in your life versus what is subjective is perhaps the key to the universe. Can you believe I just gave you to the key to the universe? It's pretty good, right? It's a free podcast. <laughs> now, once you see this difference, it is so much easy to see your personal power, to actually empower yourself to be more intentional about so much going on in your life. If you don't like the way you're feeling, you get to actually see what your thinking is doing. And you can see that it's not the things going on in your life that are causing you all of the drama. It's your thinking about those things. Okay, so this is the windup to why I think you should act your shoe size rather than your age, at least sometimes. So let's take a look at what we make shoe size mean, your shoe size age. So imagine my age. Imagine I'm seven years old with my shoe size. And what comes up for you with the seven-year-old? Probably silly, probably acting playful full of imagination, curiosity, being present, being able to play games, uh, not worrying about time, right? Would you agree? Now, for me, I just had a little flashback to when I was seven. And for me, it also means like a really bad haircut. Oh, my God. My grade two haircut was brutal. <laughs> so bad. And my school picture from grade two, also brutal. <sighs> I had like a big frown. Anyway, <laughs> I also remember that that was about the time that I learned to read to myself, seven or eight years old, and I started to appreciate how amazing that was too. Anyway, good times, right? When you think about it this way. Okay, now think about what being 50 typically means. How do you act when you're 50? Typically, older, maybe wiser, maybe thinking about transitions or adjusting to transitions. Illnesses are a big deal at this age to you, to people you love. You're changing body, responsibility, 
uh, being very aware of time and running out of time, and of course, feeling busy, being distracted. See what I mean? Acting like your shoe size seems way better than acting your age. Let's go even deeper with some of the things you think about and the feelings that you feel when you're about seven years old. Let's start with curiosity. So lots of studies show that life is actually better when you're curious. The definition of curiosity is a strong desire to know or learn something, an unusual or interesting object or fact. So curiosity can really affect how you respond or react to transitions, unfamiliar circumstances, change, all kinds of things like that going on. Because of this, you can also see that curiosity would give you a greater opportunity to experience a wider range of emotions rather than the go-to emotions in midlife about change, transitions, unfamiliar circumstances like fear, doubt, confusion. Those are pretty common. And they're just so typical for us in these types of situations. Much more of a chance to actually experience joy and happiness when you are curious. When you're curious or interested in something, you can actually learn faster. There are studies that show this. There's also a link between curiosity and happiness or finding meaning in your life. So think about it. The more curious you are, the more likely you are to search for answers, to ask a lot of questions, to look for opportunities for ways to be fulfilled, to ways to, for ways to feel more satisfied. If you're curious, you really ask more questions. The other cool thing about curiosity is that curiosity is a feeling. Remember, thoughts create feelings. So you can choose to be curious and decide to think thoughts on purpose that help you remember to do this. For example, even a thought like this, I wanna slow down and be more curious. That kind of a thought can actually help you be more curious. Or this one, it's fun to be more curious and ask more questions. This type of a thought can give you permission to slow down and be more curious, right? So sometimes some of us can be self-conscious about asking questions or can be self-conscious about slowing down. So thinking in a way that kind of releases it and encourages it can really be helpful for you. Okay, I think you get it. So the other thing I want you to remember about curiosity is that you can learn to be more curious. You can actually cultivate curiosity. Curiosity really is you making the choice to look deeper into your life, even when it comes to everyday things. It's you looking around your world and asking more questions, digging more, getting more insight, wanting to know more, getting more perspective. So the way you can cultivate it, it's surprisingly simple strategies like reading. Reading more helps you create more curiosity. Asking more questions helps. So getting into the mode, the mindset, the comfort of actually doing that not allowing yourself to stay bored or stagnant because of fear, right? Really pushing yourself out of that, really coaching yourself, asking more questions about why you're feeling fear and just not allowing yourself to stay bored. That helps. And of course, baby steps help. Baby steps always help. So back to that seven-year-old mindset. Let's look at the second reason why I think that we should be acting our shoe size. So first we looked at curiosity. Now we're gonna look at how silly and playful you were. 
When you think about being your actual midlife age, ask yourself how silly and playful you feel on a regular basis. So however old you are, 45, 50, 55, younger, older, it doesn't matter. Just ask yourself how silly and playful you feel on a regular basis versus when you were seven, that seven-year-old mindset or whatever your shoe size is. And look at that difference. Maybe you're a special unicorn, but I highly doubt that you laugh and goof around as much now as you did when you were younger. Now, I'm pretty sure you've heard something in the news or in magazines or something about how important laughter can be in your life. Laughter can actually lower blood pressure and can decrease stress hormones. It can relax your body and you can feel the effects for up to 45 minutes after a good hearty crack up. It can even help with negative emotions. You're not going to believe this, but laughing for 10 to 15 minutes a day can even help you lose weight. (laughs) Now, that much laughing will burn 40 calories approximately. So can you imagine laughing for 10 to 15 minutes a day? I challenge you to laugh that much. That would be amazing. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? So one more amazing thing about laughter, and this is one of the things I really love about it, is that it can bring people closer together. There's something about sharing a laugh with others. It can be with people you know and love. It can be during an argument. It can be with strangers. It is all good. And one time that happened to me with strangers, It happened in Toronto maybe 20 years ago. It was late at night and I was on a pretty empty subway. There were only a few of us there, like not even 10 people. Now, one guy had a bag of groceries and when the subway slowed down, his bag fell over and a head of cabbage rolled out of his bag and all the way through the entire length of the subway car. (laughs) And no one knew each other. Nobody was sitting next to each other. It was just a bunch of single people sitting around the subway car and everybody just looked at each other and started laughing. It was such a fun little Toronto moment. I have to say, having a giant crack up with a good friend is just the best thing ever. I have a couple of crack up buddies and I am just so grateful and lucky to have them. Whenever we're together, it's pretty much guaranteed that somebody's peeing their pants. And that's another fun thing about laughing and being silly. The intensity and duration of the silly interlude can be pretty unpredictable. It can happen anytime, anywhere, and that's often something that makes things more funny is how unpredictable it is. You just, you can't control it and you just don't know when it's coming. So I think you'll agree laughter and silliness is another really compelling reason to act your shoe size. More of this in your life is definitely a good thing. Okay, so we've looked at curiosity. We've looked at laughter. Here's the third reason. When you are your shoe size and age, it's a lot easier to be in the present moment. Being mindful like this can increase mental and emotional well-being. So here's what I mean. Think about your own ability to be in the present moment now as a woman in the middle. If you haven't really been working on it, mindfulness I mean, I think you'll agree that it's pretty much the norm to be distracted. You might think you're too busy or you might find it difficult to not be connected on social media. Maybe you check your phone all the time. Maybe you check Facebook. Or perhaps you're self-conscious. You're always being self-conscious and, and always, you know, just don't feel completely comfortable in your skin. Maybe you worry a lot. Or maybe you take pride in being the queen of multitasking. These are all examples of not being fully present. 
I learned this lesson while doing push-ups, of all things. So I was in this book club with the author of the book called The Practicing Mind. His name is Thomas Sterner. We had to pick a new skill to learn and then watch ourselves learn it. I decided to practice doing 10 push-ups a day. This was totally a new skill for me as I wasn't doing any push-ups a day, let alone a week, let alone ever. (laughs) I just wasn't doing push-ups. So when I first started, I found it difficult to do the push-ups and also difficult to even remember that I was supposed to be doing the push-ups. So within a few weeks, it definitely got much easier to do. I put sticky notes around and reminders and I really worked on it. But then you know what happened? I saw myself thinking all kinds of things, all kinds of self-judgment related things. I thought I didn't pick a hard enough goal for the class. Then I thought, you know what? I think I'm embarrassed that it became easy for me already, and so on. And what he taught me, because of course I shared with him these thoughts and how I was a little frustrated with myself, he taught me how these questions and comments and statements and thoughts, (laughs) all this stuff that was going on in my brain about self-judgment, it took me outside of my focus on the process and the present moment. It's impossible to be present when you're beating yourself up like this. So I wonder how many of you are guilty of that. Can you relate to that? What Sterner says is that when you focus on the present moment, what that means is that you're focusing on the process of what you're doing right now and then. You are always where you want to be and where you should be. All of your energy goes into what you're doing. Then he says, in contrast, when you focus your mind on where you want to end up, you're never where you are and you waste energy on all the stuff spinning around in your brain. All of those unrelated thoughts instead of putting it into what you're doing. So you can totally see that I was doing that. I was doing the push-ups, but I was very preoccupied with these thoughts about feeling embarrassed and about it becoming too easy and sharing it with the group and getting feedback. All of that spin took me out of the present moment. So what he shares are these four steps to create the practicing mind, a mind, a mindset that appreciates the art of practice, that appreciates uh, the stage of practice. So one, keep yourself process oriented. Two, stay in the present. Three, make the process the goal and use the overall goal as a rudder to steer your efforts. I love that. So you make the process of learning the skill the goal and use the overall goal as a way to steer your efforts. And four, be deliberate. Have an intention about what you want to accomplish and remain aware of that intention. Now, when you're acting your shoe size, it's totally easier to stay present. You're not as busy, and more importantly, you don't think you're too busy. Can you imagine? Did you think you were too busy when you were six and a half or seven? You also don't typically worry as much when you're that age. You do less multitasking and more single focus activities. Now, I know kids today have access to social media and electronics and phones and stuff, um, but it's really different when you're acting your age. Like you remember, like I used to play, maybe, maybe not at seven, but I used to play Monopoly for like four hours. I used to color. I discovered those smelly markers when I was around seven or eight. And I had this big flip chart paper and I would just spend hours and hours drawing. 
So I wasn't drawing and reading and checking my phone and listening to music. Like I wasn't doing all of those things together. I was doing a single focus activity. When you're younger, it's just much easier to do that. You don't feel like you should be doing all these other things. Again, I'm making broad sweeping generalizations to make a point. There's typically more mind drama, more negative spin, more multitasking when you are acting your age, more ability to be naturally present when you act your shoe size, more seriousness when you act your age, more laughter and silliness when you act your shoe size, more of a focus of ticking things off your list and being efficient when you're acting your age, more curiosity and more asking questions when you act more youthful and act your shoe size. So there you have it, my friend. What I think are three compelling reasons to shake things up a little bit and consider opening yourself up to a more youthful approach to life. Acting your shoe size may be just what you need to unstick yourself and bust out of your midlife funk. Okay, that's it for this Encore episode. And I have a feeling you're never going to think about your shoe size quite the same again. (laughs) As you know, my focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck, clear, and excited about your life again. If you want to finally focus on that, finally focus on getting unstuck, Like I'm talking about stepping on the gas already. (laughs) There's no better way when you know you're meant for more and it's driving you crazy that you can't figure it out. You know you're wasting valuable time than to move forward with a community of women just like you. I would love to be able to help you get unstuck and find that thing you're looking for. Find that clarity. I want to invite you to check out the Women in the Middle Academy. It's my six-month coaching program where you get all the support you need to apply the stuff you're learning here in the podcast, but more importantly, to get clear about what you want so you don't have regrets. Don't waste another second feeling stuck. Book your momentum call and we'll have a quick chat. Head over to www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and look for episode 265. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week.